I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for a big Friday. Bengals win, but the Jags cover. This was the first rookie quarterback the entire season to cover against a non-rookie. Give it to Trevor Lawrence there. Bears say quarterback decision is a game-time decision. Let me tell you, Vegas is very interested if it's Andy Dalton or Fields. Game of the season, you could say, and I think that's true. Tampa Bay favored by a touchdown at New England. 97% of the cash on Tampa Bay so far. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. Live on a big Friday, no time to waste Friday live from Vegas. Live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. And when I say no messing around, I calculate we have two hours and two minutes of content. We only have an hour. That's so. Here we go. Here we go. How's that math work? Sports bettors, listen for the. Just trust me. Sports (laughs) bettors, listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. I'm the pro. He's kind of a pro, but he is the fan who beats the man, A.J. Hoffman. Thanks, R.J. Great to be here on a day where we finally saw some signs of life from Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, although they still came up short. We prepped for Brady and Belichick. That's on deck. And the the Bears somehow still don't know who their quarterback is going into this week. What is the Vegas lead, R.J.? Well, we're going to start with football in the Thursday game. But first, I want to say quickly, because it will be the only non-football we talk about, this Ben Simmons story, if you're not following it, I think it's worth following, because we got a guy with four years left on his contract that's refusing to come in. And finally, just recently, the Sixers say, we're not going to pay him. A significant payment was due, is due. The intention is not to pay. This is a team finally standing up to player empowerment. And we can all debate where that line is. We can all debate where that line is, what should be fair for the players, what's fair for the owners, fans, etc. But what we know is player empowerment has been moving in one direction, in the player's direction. And it looks like in the NBA, even more, I think the player empowerment's been rampant. We've reached a resistance point. And it seems absurd to think, hey, they're not paying him. Well, he's not doing his job. Kind of makes sense. But we'll talk about that next week. But I think there's been a lot. It's really escalated the negativity. And I think it's going to be an interesting precedent what happens here. Any thoughts on that, AJ, real quick? No, I, I mean, I think Ben Simmons is a guy who is his stock is probably as low as it's been. It yep. seems like the wrong time to put your, your foot in the ground and say, hey, I'm but not when, budget. But when you're player empowerment, you think there's no limit to it. Yeah, so it, it will be interesting. But the Vegas lead for today, a football show, Thursday night's game. And listen, let's give a little credit where credit's due here. AJ, with his Thank fourth you. straight. 
Prop winner. That's perfection. Four and O. How do you feel? I, I, I never had this music played for me instead of against well, me. Well, listen, it's it's only played at proper times. Thank you. How you feeling? Feel good. I mean, the first drive, he have had you seven looked, completions. Have you looked at who, who's playing next Thursday yet? I've not looked at it yet. Oh, I'm surprised at that. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, this, there's still a lot of football to be played this week. A lot, now, of, you, lot of money to be made. If you Your bet was over completion. 21 and a half. Now, he threw to like 25 passes, right? He was pretty efficient. Yeah. So, let's be candid. You were right, but it was not a bet you'd want to make again. I think I would. How? You expect him to have like 90% completions after? I, no, well, listen, they, the game plan went about what I thought. I, I said you it would be. thought that he'd complete 90% of his passes. I knew it was going to be tough for them to run the ball, so I knew they would use short passes. And but they, they didn't did. use short passes. It was 25 attempts or some variation of that. So, but all that said, yeah, no, he had 32 attempts, 25 of 32, 79 percent completion. Means he went way over my 21 and a half. I had wiggle room. <laughs> yeah, he could have completed even 76 percent. You would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, four and oh, Next Thursday, probably have another one. Let's get to the game. All right, week four kicked off with the Bengals coming back from a 14-0 halftime deficit to beat the Jags 24-21. Okay, Bengals, this is the old adage, and I got kind of caught a little, though it was a pizza bet, is the idea of you don't lay the lumber with a bad team. And why? Because usually a bad team is going to look at the spread or at least the, the conversation. I think most people look at the spread these days, but the conversation... And it's going to be, oh, yeah, Jacksonville, oh, Urban Meyer, you see his face, we're fine. And what happens on Friday or on Wednesday night or Tuesday night, if it's a Thursday game, maybe it's an extra slice of pizza or beer or who knows what, when typically if it was a bigger game, maybe not. And I don't think it's egregious. I don't think they're like banging heroin. But what I think is, well, maybe some of them, but most of them aren't. What they, what I think is, it's the little things. It's the things that separate a professional athlete at the highest level from, let's say, a very dedicated amateur. Yeah, they're all going to still be pretty much like dedicated amateurs, even if they have an easy game. But they're not to say, think about what the Patriots are doing this week, the Bucks are doing, and think about what the Bengals were doing as an over a touchdown favorite for the first time in memory or in many, many years. So, in general, don't get caught up. Be careful with bad teams laying the lumber. Your main takeaway. My main takeaway was that Trevor Lawrence finally showed some flashes. Like, and I know that this show has been hard on him, and well, rightfully, rightfully so. so. Rightfully so. He's not shown anything. This was, this was a showing that made me think, boy, he's got something. He moves really well. He runs the ball really see, well. Isn't when they that the whole point of having? No, it's not like sometimes there's horses. Like remember, it was years ago. The dude who. Um, was I think he was a Chinese player, and and he was playing against chairs on YouTube, uh, where literally like the the video footage we had of him, I mean he he ended up busting out. You guys remember in the control room who I'm talking about? No, I don't. No. Nah. So there was a Chinese player that was taken high in the draft like seven, eight years ago. And literally, it was like they had footage of him with the defender was a chair. And we didn't know, right? We Even the teams didn't really know. They knew he was this tall. They knew some stuff about him. They didn't really know. We know Trevor Lawrence. 
And we know he's tall, and we know he's fast, and we know his arm's strong. That's easy. So was, well, he wasn't tall, but Jeff George, or so was Jamarcus Russell. He was tall, right? It's what we don't know. How do they do when faced with adversity? Because it strikes me, if you're up by 14 and you lose, there's something else you could have done, perhaps. Because it wasn't like Cincinnati put up 44 points. No. The Jags scored seven in the second half. Trevor Lawrence was quarterback, right? He was. So what happened? He, uh, the flashes just weren't there when the game was on the line, were they? They were not. So listen, we'll see. He had a QBR of 83. That is so much better than he's been. PFF grade 79, which is not great, but let's just call it an average starter. The average for him is way above average for his year so far. So if Trevor Lawrence's trend line remains this strong, you know, going up, I won't say up, up, because it's gone up one game. <laughs> is it going up once? If it continues going up, hey, congratulations. He might be an average NFL quarterback one day. Right now, he's one of the worst. I mean, it's, it's literally Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence and – Justin Fields is in that conversation if he plays, right, amongst the starters. Can you debate that? No. And he's got a lot of talent. You know, that's why they said, oh, he's almost as good as Andrew Luck. I just think one the guys like this are going to have games like this. I just haven't seen. Does he win a Super Bowl? That's the question. Is this a guy that you're thinking he's going to take us to the promised land? Have you seen anything from him that makes you think that? And did yesterday change your mind about that? Yesterday started to change my mind. Well, yeah. I, I'm not a. I'm not as down on him as you are. You, were you? Did you think OJ? Do you think OJ was guilty? Yes. Okay. Now, but when he put the gloves on, you had to acquit. Well, no, 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 no. Listen, when he put the gloves on, you thought you felt like whatever certainty you had of him being guilty diminished. Sure. Right. Okay. But you still think he's guilty? Yes. Okay. I still think that Trevor Lawrence is not going to win a Super Bowl. And I can't blame you, but I, I would also say four games in is, is – listen, right now he looks a lot better than the other the other guys have. Really? He looks be, a lot better than Zach Wilson does, certainly. Okay. Yes, because Zach Wilson looks the worst. I mean, li- listen, he's had a lot more bad throws than Trey Lance. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what, what, what's he your... actually looked better than Joe Burrow last night, I thought. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, his QBR was better. Burrow had a 72. Hmm. Then how do the Bengals win that game? Well, the Jag- you get, play both sides of the ball, and I, I don't know. I think the Jags maybe got a, they got a little conservative after halftime. They thought they were going to try and sit on the lead. It didn't quite work out for them. <laughs> they didn't know how, what to do with the lead. Urban Meyer, his postgame comments, like saying they were just, he was just devastated because he believed in the whole locker room, believed at halftime that they were going to win that game. And then watching it crumble, he said it was just gutting to him. You know, I, it felt a bit much. It did. But on the other hand, it kinda, I kind of liked it because it felt like he really cared. So I don't know. Like, so you think that that those were na- like you think less of him as a coach with those comments? No, I think I feel more of it. Like you said this yesterday, and it really struck me. Like the way that Urban Meyer is handling adversity for the first time. You said you, like it almost seems like he cares too much. Uh-huh. 
I, I kind of dig that. I like that a lot better yeah. than the Jay Cutler. You don't like, have to have the ulcer. Yeah, the Jay Cutler like flicking the cigarette butt, like, oh, big deal, we lost again. Like, Urban Meyer, you can tell every one of these losses just feels like 10. And I, I yeah. kind of like that. Because do guys too. like that, they the come around. The question is, is it too much? And the question is, is there any way that him and Trevor Lawrence can meet in the middle? Right? Where Trevor Lawrence cares a little bit more. Urban Meyer cares a little bit less, perhaps. Mr. Shapiro, Mr. Cochran, Mr. Douglas, Mr. Kardashian, Mr. Bailey. So you weren't convinced, huh? No. <laughs> we are straight out of Vegas. I tell you, come the offseason, we'll debate this one. I think unequivocally, OJ should have been found not guilty. But I think he was guilty. We agree. Really? Yeah. Well, that's not teasing some great thing this spring when we battle on it. I'm sorry. I don't... All right, but at least it's a good sign for your intellect <laughs> because you have to be beyond a shadow of a doubt. If it's, you know, the old saying, we'd rather have 100 men go free that are guilty than one innocent man go to jail. I think that's about right. Imagine being in jail if you're innocent. You probably agree. All right, let's do this. I'm going to say one more thing about Cincinnati because Colin right here in FSR made a really interesting comment today, and it really made me start thinking. So Malcolm Gladwell has a concept, which I think is one of his most powerful, which is every uh, achievement that you may want to accomplish has a minimum in certain areas that if you don't have this minimum, you can't achieve it. So like if you're four foot six, you can't play in the NBA. Right? So it doesn't matter how hard you work. It doesn't matter how many times you watch Michael Jordan. You're not going to play. Now, Muggsy Bogues was able to play at a small height. So it's like, where's that line that if you can get past the minimum, then you're fine? Yeah, you might still be at a deficit. You still might. Muggsy Bogues would have been a lot better if he was 6'2 and had everything else the same, but he was past the line. So what Colin said was that one of Joe Burrow's strengths is his arm isn't that strong. That it's not so strong that he thinks he can muscle it in in places maybe he he can't or doesn't fit. He is fast, agile, but not too fast where he thinks he can run all the time. And that in a way he's got past, and he didn't say this part, but finishing the concept, is he got past the minimum in these areas but not so much so in any area that that becomes a crutch or becomes something that drags him in the wrong direction. It's a very interesting concept. Any thoughts on that? It is interesting, and I think of Tua kind of the same way. Uh, no, but that, see, with Tua, the question is, does he have the arm strength at minimum to be an elite quarterback? It's fair. I, I just feel like there are some guys who, I mean, you don't want to say, oh, I wish his arm was a little weaker, but there are some guys who they get that that weapon out and they say, oh, I can fix this with this, and it's like you putting in a screw with a hammer. It's not always the best way to do it. I mean, listen, if, if Burrow's still a little fast, just one more knee injury will take care of That's that. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's give the guy credit. I mean, it's easy to hear about a knee injury, and then, you know, nine months later, 12 months later, oh, look, he's back. Oh, maybe he's not quite as stable. But many, many days and hours coming back. And again, they obviously get paid for it, but it still is a, a courageous thing, I think it's fair to say. All right, when we come back, the most popular segment of the week. It's really that simple. We go through every NFL game and give you at least one thing you need to know to be knowledgeable about that game. And we start with the game of the week, and I think you know which game that is. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! 
Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to break down every week four game in our most popular segment of the week. Every one, and it is the most popular. We're going to start with the game, the biggest game of the weekend, Green Bay and Pittsburgh. Oh, no. No? No. It's a great day Atlanta to join. and football team. It's a great day to join. The fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus because of you, your support. You spread the word. Keep it up. And we'll keep delivering laughs and winners. And Friday, pick Palooza. The winners are coming. I've got a bonus best bet, a best bet, a Fezzik best bet, and AJ with a best bet. There's a lot of best bets there. You can listen over the weekend on your favorite podcast player. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. A nice, cool 85 degrees. The neon is flowing. Week three matchups. Let's take a look at them, RJ. They start with the game of the week. Tom Brady and the Bucks headed to Foxborough. The Bucks minus seven. All right. First things first. Which way is this line moving? I was on Fox in Boston today, the sports hub, and this was a really interesting topic we discussed because if you're going to bet this game, and this game is going to be bet huge, do you wait? Do you bet late? Do you bet early? Bet now. Okay. In general, I would say the public team is Tampa. So if you like Tampa, play it early before all that public money makes it more expensive. Typically, I would say that 97% of the cash and at pregame.com, you can go hit the game center, and for free, you get to see the bet splits. It is the cash splits, the ticket splits, 97% of the cash on this game on Tampa. But the line's not going up. And in the Super Contest, which the Westgate does, they put out the line on Wednesday. But what they do is kind of dastardly, because as you know, those bookies are, hmm. Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. But this one, you got to give them credit for. They kind of have a feel of which way the line's going to move. So if the game is like almost seven, they'll make it six and a half if they think the number's going to go down. So now you got to pick against that tougher number. They made the number in the Patriots game, Tampa minus six and a half. Nine out of ten times, that tells me it's going down. But nine out of ten times tells me that the amount of money being bet on Tampa, it's going up. I'm confused, and when I'm confused, I don't act. I certainly don't get out the bankroll and take off the rubber band. So I'm not sure about which direction this game's going to go in. What's your main takeaway, main handicapping factor, AJ, for this game? Is that the Bucks, where they've looked the weakest, is in pass defense, and I don't know that Mac Jones and the Patriots have the tools to punish them the way the Cowboys did, the way the Rams did, uh, even the way the Falcons did to an extent. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're saying Matt Ryan is a better quarterback than Mac Jones right now? Yes. You are crazy. And I'm saying Calvin no, no, Ridley's. No, no. You are crazy. We can't even let that go. Okay. Matt Ryan. Let's just look at some numbers here. QBR is 29th. Mac Jones is 21st. If you look at the completion expectation plus EPA, which is a kind of advanced stat, they're both, or Mac Jones is 23, Ryan's 20, uh, Mac Jones is 22, Ryan's 23. So a slight edge there, but he's a clear edge in the first stat, which is QBR. And then uh, if you look at success rate, both at 47%, I mean, there's no way that Matt Ryan 
is playing better than than Mac Jones. What makes you think that? I'm just saying that the Falcons' passing offense is better than. Well, the that, but that's what's going to show in the QBR. That's what's going to show, right? I don't know, but I, that's more me being anti Matt Ryan at this point. And you should be. I'm not. I'm not pro Matt Ryan here by any stretch. But I'm just saying Mac Jones doesn't. He's not going to be able to do the well, things. What, is it he's not able, or is it that Belichick hasn't tasked him to do it yet? And perhaps this is the game where it's unveiled. Belichick is not doing to Mac Jones what's being done to Zach Wilson, which is throw him in the fire, no net. If you fall and hurt yourself, tough break. you got a big contract, buddy. That Jets mentality, it seems, is really maybe going to make Zach Wilson have big problems. And what he's done so far is made sure that the Patriots ran the ball efficiently. Yeah. The problem is you can't really run against okay, the Bucks. What, what 63 yards is per game. We don't know if, if Mac Jones has the ability to do what they haven't asked him to do yet. Right, I think it's. So fair. you think he's got like a dragon in the cave? He's about to unleash. No, it's just it's just that. I mean, you don't think at a certain. I mean, it might not be this game, but you don't think at a certain. You think Mac, that Belichick drafted Mac Jones to play this way the rest of his career? No. So you believe that as he gets more mature, he's gonna uh, Belichick's gonna be willing to let him go downfield more? Yes. And you say it's necessary to win this game to go downfield? Yes. So perhaps Belichick, the genius, might let him try. But I do, and I'm sure he will try. Okay. But I don't think that Mac Jones, week four of his rookie year, is what Bill but Belichick drafted become, him to be. But now you're becoming a scout. You're trying to say I've seen his arm at Alabama, and I know he can't do it. Do we really but know? You do that with Trevor Lawrence? No, I'm saying. Or oh, you're I, a psychiatrist with Trevor Lawrence? No, I'm scout. saying I'm looking at history. I'm saying Trevor Lawrence, when he played good teams in college, had ten points worse. The quarterback rating, his ATS wasn't good he just he shrieked it seemed now listen he won one national title let's give him credit but he was much worse against better teams you might say well of course he is it was more than just adjustment for strength of schedule it was more and I've just I saw his interviews I've seen the guy you're right it, it is an impression you're right and maybe you're impressed but I trust those impressions more than I trust amateur scouts, I guess. I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking about anyone on radio that's trying to talk about arm strength. Do you really think because is arm strength going to get stronger for Mac Jones, no. really? So why did Belichick draft him if he's so limited? I think Mac Mac Jones has a lot of the qualities that he saw in Tom Brady at one point, and I think that well, he, he drafted believes... Tom Brady 199. Right, but I think he believes he can develop into that type of But how player. do you develop into it if you're so limited with your arm? Or what's the limitation that's keeping Mac Jones from doing that? Well, a lot of Going it is a lot of it is teammates. He doesn't have a lot of weapons. Oh, I mean, they spent a lot, hundred, hundred plus million. We haven't seen much of them. We, but again, I wonder this shifting the, the focus a little bit. And reasonable people can disagree. We're straight out of Vegas. Is how much did Tampa get hurt last week by looking ahead to this game, and how much did the Patriots? Bill Simmons was talking. He says he thinks the Patriots went extra vanilla against New Orleans, figuring, hey, we can probably beat them that way. Again, they were wrong. But just with such a fo- – isn't it interesting that the two teams playing in this big game that we've all been talking about for months each played so poorly against the spread relatively last week? Patriots missed the spread by, what, 20-plus yeah, points? alarming. Tampa missed the spread by what almost 20 points. Wow. So to some degree, though, I think we have to almost dismiss those games. And if New England hadn't lost that game, 
wouldn't you be a lot more optimistic about New England? If they had won by four points against the Saints, you'd be a lot more optimistic. Sure. So how much but of that? But if Tampa had won by four points. But against... if Tampa, but Tampa somehow is getting excused for losing. No Why? one's really. I don't know. Well, because they played a, a team that everyone regards as really good. Yeah, but if they would have lost by three, that might have been. Re- they got dominated. And for like when you said the Patriots may have had look ahead to the or to the uh, both the, teams, the, I the think. Bucks. I I believe that for me, the Bucks. It's just hard for me to wrap my head around. This is the team you're going to be competing for for the number one it's seed. It's just a coincidence that they played their worst game in, in like a year, probably almost. Yeah. All right, we're straight out of Vegas. Here's what I'm gonna do. Maybe I'll, since last year when they played the Rams. Well, but that was a that was a very tight game. I mean, that game went down to the wire the last year's game. It was yeah, it was closer. Yeah, so the the line was like around pick 'em. Yeah. And the game was around pick 'em. So that's called expectation missing by a point or two. This felt very different. I'm going to give you a bonus best bet here, and I'm going to go with the Patriots plus seven. You know what? I was going to think of doing it on the money line. I'm not. I'm going to stay on the spread plus seven bonus. Here's all you got to know why this line's inflated. Imagine if this game were in a neutral field. So we're going to adjust it two and a half points now because three is the old adjustment. NFL has really moved to two and a half. Let's do two and a half. So seven becomes nine and a half, okay, on a neutral. Now imagine it goes to Tampa. Tampa is now a 12-point favor because they're getting two and a half more points. Okay, how in the heck does anyone here think that an average team, and no one, we can debate, is New England one point better than an average team? Are they an average team, or are they one point worse? I don't think there's much range of debate outside of that range. Do you agree with I that? I agree with that. Okay. How many points is the best team? And let's assume Tampa's the best team. They just got whooped. Let's assume they're the best team. Best team is usually, this time of year, about seven points better than an average team. About plus seven. Rarely more than that. Rarely. And I think Tampa's a questionable best team right now. I do too. So seven versus, let's call the Patriots exactly a break-even team, an average team. Okay, now the game's in New England. So that means seven minus two and a half. I mean, I, I'll do that real quick. Oh, four and a half. Let me put on my Fezzik hat, though, real quick. Oh, hold on a second. Let's finish the point. The line should be four and a half. It's seven. That difference is exactly, exactly the value you're getting if you play New England plus seven. Fezzik would say there are going to be more Tom Brady fans than there are Patriots fans in the stands. No, 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 no. No, God. I hope you don't believe that. First of all, Fezzik didn't say that. No, so but that's, that's, that's his well, kind of idea. You just did a three-hour podcast of talking about <laughs> on Wednesday. He didn't say that at all. So don't try to be Fezzik. Is because I think they won't boo Brady, but they're going to cheer the Patriots. They're not, they don't want their team to lose. They have affection for it. It's like, imagine if you got divorced, and it, but, you, but you, it was your fault, and you knew it. You still loved your wife. She still was a good mother. Are you going to root for her to like have some horrible relationship? No. But you're not going to necessarily, you know, in a way, I think that's probably a good analogy. They don't like that Brady's gone, but they still have affection for him. But you know what? They care about themselves more than they care about. And you know what? If you had to be happy or her happy in this scenario, you'd rather be happy. But you know what? You want her to be happy. We'll both be kind of happy. You, but if you had to choose. Of course me. So who do you think the Patriots fan went away? You're probably right. Don't try to be Fezzik. All right. <laughs> it, take, it takes a mental illness to be here. That's I mean, true. Huh? You don't want to do I'm that. I'm not built that way. <laughs> We're straight out of Vegas. We went way long here. 
Let's do the first couple games and keep going. Let's do them fast. Washington football team minus one and a half at the Falcons. I like he's not messing around. I already did this one. Matt Ryan is bad. He's no longer an average quarterback or above average quarterback. He's in the low or high 20s right now. I don't love this Washington D. Obviously, it's been a huge disappointment, but don't think Matt Ryan is what he used to be. One of the biggest questions on the game, the Bears minus three hosting the Lions. Last week, Justin Fields, when it was announced he was going to start, improved the line drastically. Foolishly. Correct. For Chicago. or uh, Yes. And in this case, I think the market though it's a game-time decision, is waiting. And if it is Fields, they're going to bet Detroit. And if it's Chicago, or if it's not, they're going to bet Chicago. We'll see. Maybe I'm giving too much credit to the market wising up. But Fields played about as bad as anyone could. If you actually look at this stats, what's amazing is he had 54% of his dropbacks, he was pressured. 54%. It's almost incomprehensible. The, the average is about 20. Now, you could say that's the O-line. Okay, but he wasn't able to deal with it. Because you know what? Andy Dalton's only, only was pressured 5% of the time. So Andy Dalton's behind the same offensive line 5% of the time, and it's over 50 for Fields. Don't bet Fields. Tennessee Titans minus six at the Jets. This is all about, and this is physics we'll, uh, from the podcast. This is one of his favorite bets. And you can find that podcast, just search for R.J. Bell, and you'll get straight out of Vegas and our dream preview, so you can check them both out, is he likes Tennessee under team total. What does team total mean? Team total means how many points does Tennessee themselves score? Why? He believes that the wide receiver injuries are so serious that he's going, that he's thinking Tennessee is going to be very conservative, go Henry, 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 and because of that, they won't score as many points as you might think. Under team total, Tennessee. By the way, the action from the Sharps has been on the Jets. It's brought down from seven to six and a half. We're going to continue with all the games. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm A.J. Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. And we got Cleveland favored by two at Minnesota. I have already given this pick out uh, on my podcast is I like Minnesota here. One thing that's concerning me a little bit is Stefanski and his knowledge of this Minnesota team. Because when you have two coaches that both kind of know each other, I typically like the better coach. And I actually think Zimmer's the better coach, or at least an equal coach. But I hadn't really thought through the idea that Stefanski knows the players on Minnesota, where Zimmer doesn't know the players on Cleveland. So I still have a feeling towards Minnesota, but I do think that's a factor. Miami minus two hosting the Colts. All right. The Colts, Nelson, they're all pro, all everything. Guard is out. This is an example of a fragile, the concept of fragility. I think that's right, is <laughs> is the idea that the Colts, when they're healthy on the O-line, has one of the best O-lines in the league. But they're so thin that if there's just one absence, it's called a weak link system. If there's just one weak link, it causes a major problem. And O-lines are a weak link system. And Indy does not have a decent backup for any of the positions. So whenever someone's out, it's a big problem. It's a big part of Indy's problems this year. I've heard strong cases for both sides of this one. Dallas minus four and a half hosting the Panthers. You know, the more I think about this game, the more I like Dallas. And here's why. And it's four in some spots. And here's why. Is what would this line be? if McCaffrey were healthy. Well, McCaffrey's supposedly worth about a point. 
Okay, so now the line would be what three and a half, let's say. And then what about Horn, their cornerback? Is he worth a half? Maybe. So it's like two things happened last Thursday night that maybe moved the line about a point and a half, and this line still was near four. So you mean that it would have been, you know, two and a half or something, which means Dallas is even with Carolina? I don't think so. How much weight's going on? Carolina played Thursday, Dallas played Monday. A quarter point, maybe? I mean, Dallas being at home really helps with that. So, I, you know, I'm not playing Dallas. I'm just saying there's a lot of sharps from Carolina. I'm skeptical of that. All right, we'll take our last break. When we come back, we're going to finish up these key games. You're going to get my best bet. You're going to also get my bonus best bet, and you're getting AJ's best bet. It will be the fastest segment, the most action-packed of the week. And he's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. We'll have best bets coming up shortly. But first, let's finish our week four previews. All right. So, what's our next game? New Orleans minus seven hosting the Giants. Okay. I think I caught myself doing something wrong with the Giants. I thought they were going to win last week, and I got so down on them. And it just strikes me, this is the time not to overreact. I'm not saying I want to play the Giants. The Sharps have. It's gone from seven and a half to seven. But I'm saying, Daniel Jones is playing better than you might think. I kind of have some faith in Judge. So as much as I was saying it's time to fade him, at least in my mind I was saying that, I'm going to say I'm staying neutral on the Giants. Chiefs minus seven at the Eagles. Okay. Hmm. How does Kansas City respond to their two straight losses. They have not been under 500 for all this time, so you might think they're finally going to be focused. But I would make the case that last week they were totally focused. And I don't think the Chargers are all that great. So to me, there's something fundamentally wrong with Kansas City in a way that I don't think that the market is fully caught up to. So I don't love Philly, but I would lean that way. The next game is my best bet, which we'll get to in a minute. The game after that, AJ, Rams favored by four, hosting Arizona. Yeah, and I think Sean McVay's had a lot of success against Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's numbers have been bad. 187 passing yards average, put up a 5-4 to four TD to interception this rate. This is against the Rams. Against the Rams in four games. He's been sacked 11 times and rushed for 11 yards a game, 30 below his average. QBRs of 31, 12, 53, and 38. He's been bad against the Rams. And I think that considering he's got the same head coach, Rams have the same head coach, there's a lot of applicability to that. Next game, San Francisco favored by three versus Seattle. Russ is in a good spot here. 2011 against the spread as a road underdog. 26 and 14 against the spread right, so coming since, off a loss. Wait, so say that one more time. 20 and 11 against the spread as a road right, so underdog. 20 winners, 11 losers. That's good. 26 and 14 against the spread coming off a loss. Okay, so that both goes together. He's in both these spots right now, and I think Seattle's in desperation mode right now, knowing they can't fall any further out yeah, of this but race. Do you think they got more motivation than San Francisco? I, 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 I think yes, I do. And Shanahan also eight and nineteen ATS is a favorite. All right, all right. And let's go now to Baltimore minus one at Denver. Okay, I think that this 
injury situation with Lamar is bigger than people think. Yeah, he's going to play, but the fact he missed two practices, that's very meaningful. And you know what? Last week, they had the miracle 66-yard win on the field goal, but Lamar hardly ran the ball. He hardly ran the ball. You can tell when a quarterback who's a runner is hurt when he doesn't run. Is he going to be much better here? I don't know, but I'm skeptical. Packers minus six and a half hosting Pittsburgh. This is my bonus best bet. This was on the podcast. This is a correlated parlay. What does that mean? It's a two-teamer. If one wins, the other one wins. Or more likely, the other one wins. It's correlated. And I think you go with Pittsburgh here, especially if you can get to seven. And if you can, I probably don't play this. But I think you're going to see sevens. There's some sevens now. Pittsburgh plus seven and the under. And the under. And Mackenzie, what's the latest line on that? And here's the rationale as we get that line. Is Pittsburgh can't score with Green Bay. So if Pittsburgh's going to cover... And they at least have a 50% chance. That's why the line's what it is. If they're going to cover, they're going to cover in a low-scoring game more times than not. What's the total? 45 and a half. All right, so go Pittsburgh plus seven, under 45 and a half, correlated parlay. We already did Tampa Bay, New England. So now it's best bet time. Come on, baby, $80,000. <laughs> A.J. Hoffman. I'll go with Georgia, Arkansas, under 50 this weekend. Pretty low total, but both these teams have been really solid defensively, and both of them are going to prioritize the run. This is a strength versus strength thing. Arkansas, a great run-heavy team. Georgia, no one's running on them right now. And when Arkansas, they're, when they run the ball, it, listen, this has been a team that's had a lot of success against lower-level competition on defense. I think Georgia holds them down. Lower-level competition? Defensively. Okay. And who's lower-level in this case? Well, Georgia's the highest level of competition you can get okay. as far as a run defense goes. Uh, I lean to, to, to Georgia here, but because I think it's a low total, I'm not giving any points. But my best bet's going to be on the under, under 50 right now, Georgia and Arkansas. So, I'm not a college expert, but why? It sounds like you were talking about a way to diminish someone's defense. How does that saying against low level? Well, I think Arkansas's run the ball better against lower level defensive competition. Against uh, Texas, they ran the so ball really saying, well. What you're saying is, if you look at Arkansas, you might think they're able to run, but they're going to have trouble running against Georgia. Running into a wall. So under is your bet on under that fifty. Game. All right, listen. Here's what you know when you, we do picks like that. He knows he or he feels good it's going to win because who would give a total unless he really thought for his best <laughs> bet? My best bet's real simple. Houston plus 17. One, you have the extra advantage that you can feel like a wise guy regardless because only wise guys are taking the 17, right? But number two, I don't believe the quarterback for Houston, Davis Mills, is all that bad. I was very skeptical of him. I think he looked a little better. Did you watch the game last week? I watched the game. Did, you, did he look better? Uh, yes. Okay, exactly. Take the 17. Okay, so best bets for the show. Tennessee under team total from Fezzik. Houston plus the 17 from R.J. Bell. A.J., under the Georgia game. 50. Under 50. And my bonus best bet, correlated parlay, Pittsburgh plus seven, under the total. One last thing about this big New England game. Think about how you expect the game to go. Think about the narrative in your mind. And then you can look to bet props off of that. So one thing I think is that Belichick will take Brady's short passes away. He knows that's what he feasts on. 
He won't give it to him. So I expect more big plays from Tampa, but less completions. So I don't know the exact number right now, but one thing I might look at because of the way I think the game's going to go is under Brady completions. But do it yourself. Think about the way the game goes, and some props probably will pop up. No Gronk as well. That could play in for you. Good point on short passes. If you missed any of today's shows, including breakdowns of every week four NFL game, check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas. We'll be back next week, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!